check out my new book, Reach All Readers at reachallreaders.com. When you pre-order, you'll get special access to my Science of Reading mini course. Learn more at reachallreaders.com. Hello, Anna Geiger here from The Measured Mom, and we're continuing our Changemaker series. This week, I'm speaking with Cliff Jones, who is the Chief of Staff of Fulton County Schools, and today he's going to talk to us about how their district moved to a science of reading-based approach, so how the teachers became educated, how they switched out their old materials for materials that are based on the science of reading. I know you're going to get a lot out of today's conversation. Welcome, Cliff. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us about your current position and then what in your history of education has brought you here? Sure. I'm the chief of staff of Fulton County Schools. What got me here? I think I just kept raising my hand, Anna. I was a mm-hmm. teacher of world history in 2001, uh, administrator, high school principal here in the Atlanta area. And then I was the chief academic officer here in Fulton County Schools uh, from 2018 until July of this year. Okay. And then you switched. So now what are you doing? So as the chief of staff, I support uh, the superintendent, uh, not only with community needs, but also am over all the zone superintendents. So we have 108 schools in Fulton County. Okay. And so we have different zones. We have seven zone superintendents and uh, it's a big organization, but uh, we really try to make it feel small. Yeah. So you, before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, around 2019 or so you had a new superintendent. Is that right? That's correct. In 2019, Dr. Mike Looney came from Williamson, Tennessee, to here in Fulton County, and he brought a love of teaching literacy, a love of not only modeling it for students. I remember one of our first visits to a school uh, was him doing the carpet time. And as a former high school guy, Anna, that was that was new to me. Um, And uh, we've been learning together ever since. So he brought we could say, the science of reading into your district by starting by sharing some information with you. Can you walk us through the process? Sure. Uh, We had this early discussion, and he asked me really direct questions around, Cliff, how do you know, what do you know about the science of reading? And I said, uh, you know, Dr. Looney, I'm I'm, I'm a balanced literacy guy. I know a lot about uh, certain uh, literacy experts uh, and different workshop models, Um, (laughs) and I try to make sure that uh, my teachers have time and resources to do that, to create a real rich love of reading in their classrooms in this environment that's, that's holistic. And he said, Cliff, I need you to read the uh, re- research and work with the literacy panel, the National Literacy Panel. And uh, we talked about that one afternoon. The next morning I came in and I had this huge document that had been printed out and waiting for me the next day. And that really is what got me started on, on my learning around the science of, of reading and um, really been on fire for it ever since, Anna. So those words you said could have come from my mouth too, um, those exact words. And for me, it was Emily Hanford's article that talked about 3 queuing as being an issue. I'm not sure what else would have spoken to me that quickly. Um, it took a little while to accept her words, but what was it in the document that really got your attention? Because it's shifting from balanced literacy is, is a switch uh, that can be hard to make. So I had to learn uh, not only that there were five pillars of reading, that one was insufficient, four were insufficient. You needed all five. And when I thought about literacy instruction before I learned that, um, I really thought maybe phonics, 
I didn't really know what phonemic awareness was. I knew what vocabulary comprehension. I kind of knew what fluency was, but I really thought maybe three out of five. I mean, that's good <laughs> in baseball, but not really <laughs> good when you're trying to teach reading. Yeah. Um, and so it was the understanding of creating systems and structures related to all five pillars plus writing um, that I have really uh, dove into um, as I've learned. I, I completed letters training, mm -hmm. Anna, and uh, I... Uh, I'm glad they didn't post my grade, uh, but it was uh, a certificate of completion for me. But I learned so much, so much through that. Some One thing you mentioned was um, the five pillars. So we know those are called the five pillars because they're the big areas that the National Reading Panel um, summarized in their report. And I think when I think of balanced literacy, I think of activities, which you kind of mentioned before. You know, like you, we structure our classroom around um, read aloud, shared reading, guided reading, independent reading, without really understanding exactly what skills are part of all those, like not really being able to nail it down. So I think sometimes when you start diving into the actual step-by-step, um, -step, it, it, it starts to come together and make more sense, fills in the gaps quite a bit. So that can be very exciting. But I know that asking teachers to make a big shift is not always easy. Can you walk us through how you guys did that? Yeah, so this was probably the, the biggest emotional piece of the journey uh, that I had as a, as a leader. Um, you know, I really look towards my teachers as experts. They look at themselves through this, through their heart and their passions to be able to bring literacy to life uh, for their students. And as we, as we started our letters journey, we quickly started to understand that we didn't know everything, mm -hmm. that our teachers had not been set up through their college prep programs to know everything. And matter of fact, as we started to listen to uh, the podcast that you mentioned and some other experts, we were misled, right? Mm -hmm. And so this realization that we had poured into the workshop model in our own balanced literacy journey here in Fulton County Schools um, was emotional because we had to start to uh, realize that what we had been doing was wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, that when I say that, it's not lost on me, uh, the emotional piece to that, because I've seen teachers go through the stages of grief mm -hmm. uh, related to that new learning. Um, and there's no teacher that, that I've met out there um, that says, hey, I want to teach a kid to read incorrectly. No, mm -hmm. they're doing the best they can with what they know. And so when we started down our letters journey and we started to really look at high quality resources related to the five pillars, and that's how we went, um, we started to realize early on that we were going to have to do an inventory of what was out there. And we are a site-based management uh, district. We have over 108 schools. Um, I probably had 40 different types of reading resources out there. Mm -hmm. God only knows how many experts had come to our district and left their left their wares, right? And so we started to think about how best to make that transition. And the most painful realization, Anna, was that we were going to have to take away those resources to replace them with science of reading, um, uh, literature and science, science of reading curriculum. And we, we started doing that. And uh, I did receive some nasty grams, <laughs> um, but I also made a commitment to everybody who reached out to me that I was going to respond to them. And, yeah. and really what I started to do was we had this collective time of grief um, where we thought we were supposed to do it one way, and then we realized through our own learning that we really needed to do it in another. Um, and collectively, I'm happy to happy to say at this point, we have a real 
a strong culture of literacy in Fulton County Schools. Matter of fact, if you go, go on to Twitter or whatever it's called now, uh, hashtag every child reads. Um, mm -hmm. You can follow our journey and you can see it progress from a couple of years ago to people now posting uh, what they're seeing from their students, yeah. their phonemic awareness activities, to their phonics activities, to vocabulary. I was in a middle school the other day and we were breaking down words, right, at a mm -hmm, middle school mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. their different parts. And um, it was a reading class, right? And these are students who needed that part uh, of, of the process to be able to understand the, the words in front of them. And it was just amazing. I, I feel like we've come such a long way, but I'm not going to underestimate uh, to you or whoever's listening the emotional journey um, that it that we've been on. So you started by giving all the teachers letters. Is that correct? The letters That's training. That's correct. So our our early teachers, so our K through five teachers, okay. receive letters training. Matter of fact, they finish up their 80 hours, and I always say that 80 hours mm -hmm. of training uh, this December. Uh, their principals, all principals went before them, okay. and all district staff went before them. So they're the third cohort to go through letters training here in Fulton County Schools. And we have five five cohorts. I love that, that their leaders went first. That's fabulous. I don't know how, much, how often that's happening. So uh, I haven't heard of it either, but that is the way that, I, I don't know if we just fell into it or the implementation, science of, of implementation, um, change management and Cotter, creating that sort of collaborative group, coalition of, of the willing. Um, but if the leaders aren't engaged, they're not going to know how to create the structures. Um, and I certainly didn't know how to listen empathetically yeah. until I until I went through letters. So you guys, the leaders went through it first, and then was were you not really doing much of anything with everybody else at that time? You were just doing your own learning and kind of waiting. So, so everybody knew we were doing this. Okay. Right. So we had this sort of like under. We use Microsoft. We have these little Teams channels, and people would invite me in to their their Teams channels, and it would be a PLC. And they would just call me in. Hey, Cliff, can you talk about what you learned okay. uh, in this in this uh, volume, mm -hmm. right? And it would be uh, a third grade PLC at a particular elementary, and they knew that we were doing this as a as a leadership group, and they were curious, curious from um, almost a critical lens, yeah. like well, how is this going to impact us? Yeah. Worried right? maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I've seen some teachers complain that our, our school and our district, whatever expects us all to do letters. We don't have time. Like how yeah. did you manage that piece of it? First of all, that is a very legitimate concern. Uh, having gone through it, letters is very time consuming. Um, what we did is we associated all of our um, professional learning days in our district to mm -hmm. letters training. Okay. So um, we actually asked for more uh, this last year just so that we could do this and, and teachers could do this uh, on the clock yeah. um, and then do the bridge to practice throughout the, the month between okay. the professional learning days. Um, that has been huge. And the other thing for us is we provided um, stipends. So for the first four volumes, right, If when you complete that, you get uh, $1,250 mm -hmm. in our district. So mm -hmm. you can make $2,250 just by completing letters in, in two years. Um, and we found the balance of professional learning days, stipends, and then creating a lot of positive energy about what we were learning uh, has really been beneficial. And and people are buying in. So during that training, was there were there many voices that didn't like the training or felt like um, yeah. what what kind of things did you hear and how did you handle that? Yeah, so I think there was 
probably at the minimum three different groups, okay. right? You have the folks who are on fire, mm-hmm. right? I've heard about this. I want this. Um, and they're really pushing us. How can we go faster, right? You have that group. And really their complaint to us was, why can't I just go ahead and knock this yeah. out, <laughs> right? Why do I have to wait on my peers? Yeah. No, no, we need to do this collectively. Then we had this other group that was, I would just say, you know, uh, neutral, right? Okay, I'm not really seeing, I did this already in my class. Yeah, it might not have been the right time, but sure, I, I taught a little phonics here. Mm-hmm. I did a little uh, fluency there. I'm not sure why I have to understand why the kids' brains work the way they do mm-hmm. um, and just really kind of kind of waiting it out. And then I did have some folks who, who were resistant, um, and usually it went like this, Anna. Um, my classroom of students at my school, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. all read at or above grade level. Mm-hmm. My classroom, my school, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times I just had to answer, I go, you're very lucky, right? I'm not disagreeing with you. Maybe there are pockets uh, of where balanced literacy had its place and we're working. But when we think about the totality, right? I've got 55,000 kids, K through five, 55,000, right? And if I know that the science says 95% of them can read at or above grade level. That's what letters teaches. And that, and as Fulton County, we're only at mm-hmm. 70%, mm-hmm. right? I know that we can do better, and I know that we need this training, and I know to get to that 95%, we've got to do something related to the research yeah. and what works. So at what point during the letters training did you start calling the, the material that some teachers maybe wanted to hold on to? Yeah, so that was at the end of... 22, okay. the end of 22 school year, and everybody okay. knew it was coming, right? We had done this huge inventory. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't something that surprised anyone. Um, and, you know, the reasons that we gave um, was that we have new materials coming in the summer, right, that are associated. We had schedules, Anna, that this is when you're going to teach uh, phonemic awareness. This is when this is when you're going to teach phonics. This is when you're going to use your basal. Whatever. We had all different types of times, right? Vocabulary search. So all those were coming. But what we did is we started to be able to sell some of our workshop materials, um, and then allow teachers and schools to utilize some of those mm-hmm, funds locally, mm-hmm. right? So we tried to incentivize it that way. That didn't make it a lot easier, mm-hmm. trust me. <laughs> but but at least it was a strategy. And I will tell you, that was probably one of the hardest leadership moments I've had um, because it was seeing how passionate teachers were, um, not just about the curriculum. This is not people, – people under, undermine the argument. They just think it's, it's curriculum. It's not. It's how they impact kids. This is the, the avenue, the street. The, the, this is how they do their craft, their, yeah, their magic, right. right? That's what yeah. I was taking away. Um, and I got that and I think we've replaced it with better things and better learning. Um, and you know, I feel like we've really created a lot of positive. Have you seen teachers that were very resistant come around? Yes, 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 yes. I've seen leaders and teachers, (laughs) right? So I feel like we had model schools of, of certain workshop models, right? And, uh, their whole staffs in five years had gone off. Uh, to a northern city and come back (laughs) from on high and had learned how to do all these things, right? And 
the resistance there is number one related to the new learning around the science of reading through letters and number two related to the materials and here's where I'm starting to see uh, it coming around I don't hear about that workshop okay. model anymore right I don't hear about or see travel requests or get re requisition uh, requests to go to different places right um, everybody loves uh, is it Tim Shanahan's uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday email that comes out when there's a lot okay. of there's a lot of uh, talk about what is the research going to say this week? Um, that's when I know that I that I feel like we've really sort of tipped the scales for the science of reading. What does the research yeah. say? Yeah, that's that is a huge shift. Huge. How do you like? What is your continuing plan for keeping this in front of all the teachers? Like, does every new teacher go mm. through letters? How does yes. all that work? Yeah, so we have a new cohort of leaders and teachers every year. Again, I'm, I'm a big district, so things at scale, um, those kind of systems are in place. You know, our board is really looking at how do we make a sustainable effort to keep the culture of literacy in the forefront. And they're looking at you know redoing their strategic plan with some, some different aspirational goals related to uh, children at, at or above grade level in certain grades. But the biggest sustainability piece to me is, is really celebrating our students. We also mm -hmm. have uh, other programs uh, for our special needs students. Linda Mood Bell is a huge effort here in Fulton County Schools. Our teacher of the year this year is a sixth grade resource special ed teacher who can mm -hmm. just crush some Linda Mood Bell and mm -hmm. who understands the importance of her letters training uh, and then, you know, with the Linda Mood Bell um, strategies as well. And she can just light a fire and just showing people the impact of what it does with our, your students um, for all students. And that's that's really the key. It's the buy-in to all. Because there are some students who, who, who we get as a district who know how to read when they enter, enter our, in our schools. That mm -hmm. does happen. Um, but when we think about what all means and getting to that 95% and then celebrating that light coming on, that's the difference between our, what we do every day and what everybody else uh, does for work. Yeah. So have you had anybody say, um, this is going to bore my more advanced kids. They don't need this. Has anything like that come up and where they've seen that there's actually a benefit? I for have. Everyone? And so um, when you're te teaching a kid how to break down a word, right, uh, and break it into its parts, and if they're a third grader, Right, and then we can translate those parts into into uh, upper level vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. That's where I sort of lean in with with that argument. Like, aren't you just doing an SAT skill? Like, isn't that what mm -hmm. you know? As we sort of learn our vocabulary, aren't, isn't that mm -hmm. what the high school teachers are doing to break down mm -hmm. really complex SAT words? Oh, here's mm -hmm. one. Here's a fun fact for you, Anna, related to that. In our buses, okay, I want you to put yourself in one of those bus seats, right? And then on the top of the roof, we have magnetized prefixes, right? Oh. And different word parts. So the kids oh, can create so cool. different words in the bus. And, oh, the, that's amazing. and what we've done with the bus drivers is given them uh, a little, you know, a little packet, right? A little Ziploc bag of different words that they can then say over the intercom and who can make that word and when it's safe to do that and everything. And so uh, I love that piece of our story because it shows just how comprehensive uh, literacy has become in our district. That is very cool. Very cool. So in kind of closing here, what I get a lot of emails from people that say, you know, nobody in my school is really on board. I'm, I'm kind of a lone wolf. Nobody's interested. And, you know, 
some people even say my scores are going up and nobody cares because they're maybe measuring with some a different tool like a benchmark assessment from Thomas Pinnell or something that doesn't even measure what this person's measuring and they just feel kind of lost. And they're not in the position that you are to make big changes, but do you have any any suggestions for the regular teacher who just feels like no one's listening? First, I just want to reach out to them and hug them. Like that's <laughs> uh, this is a big change, right? This is a very big change and I can't imagine it doing this in isolation. Um, I'll, here are a couple of things that I would do in that scenario. Number one, there's a huge community now around the science of reading. And if you're isolated within a building, you know, reaching out to other professionals outside of that, uh, listen to podcasts. Um, I get on to, to, to different blogs and I write different people, you know, but I would also say invite your leadership in. Yeah. If you've learned a new skill related to the science of reading and you want to put that on display, the way to change things outside your classroom is to convince that building leader slash district leader of what you're doing. And the only way really a lot of times to do that, Anna, is to have them see it, have them yeah. see you just ignite those kids' passions right there in front of you. This is, you know, a wave of, of what's going on nationally. And really to me, it's how soon are we all going to adopt this and how long are we going to sustain this? Right. Because mm -hmm. we've known this since 2000. We've known the science of reading and its five pillars. It's really been um, the lack of courage um, with a lot of leaders, me included, to, to truly unpack this, uh, to do it with fidelity, to get the future results that I know that will that will take place. Right. And so I share that with a teacher because we've all been isolated at one point, right? Mm -hmm. But this is the wave that's here. And showing off what you've learned to different people, being part of a, of a community of learners, uh, know that you're doing what's right for kids. The research says, when the research says this is what's right for kids, um, it's hard to be on the other side of that. Yeah, and just to know that in your district, it was one person who got the ball rolling. And look what's <laughs> happening now. I mean, it just takes one person to talk to the right person to get things started. So that, that's an encouraging thing too. That is. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of what you had to share today. Thanks, Anna. And uh, I'll leave you with my, again, the hashtag, every yes. child reads um, and it's Fulton's journey uh, related to the science of reading. And I just really encourage people to have a look through it. I'm really proud of where we were, where we started and where we are now. Thank you. You can find the show notes for today's episode at themeasuredmom.com forward slash episode 136. I'll make sure to include the National Reading Panels report that Cliff talked about that was dropped off at his desk, as well as other resources that I think will help you on your journey. That's all for this episode of Triple R Teaching. For more educational resources, visit Anna at her home base, themeasuredmom.com, and join our teaching community. We look forward to helping you reflect, refine, and recharge on the next episode of Triple R Teaching.